Hello and welcome to the reaction to Celtic 5, Greenock Morton Now on Saturday the 21st of January. I'm your host, Paul Carlin, with a cracking panel. First up, uh, happy birthday for yesterday, Claire Wild. Hi, Paul. Thank you very much for the cakes that you brought around for my birthday. Uh, now, basically what you've done there, Claire, is you've set a precedent that uh, the other panellists on this uh, podcast episode is going to be expecting cakes on their birthday. Um, <laughs> but let... And may I be the first to wish you a happy birthday in October, <laughs> Stuart Dugan. Do you know what, Paul? I'm quite annoyed that in the space of about 30 seconds, you've just like treaded on the toes of not one, but like two bits that I was going to do there because I was like, if you don't mention Claire's birthday, I was going to say, may I be the first to wish Claire a happy birthday? And then you've used <laughs> the may I be the first to as well. Joke. So, hi, Paul. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're having a great day, Stuart. Um, yeah. Look, Stuart, you have. If you're not fast, you're last. This is it. You know, if you're not first of the Mohicans, you're last of the Mohicans. So, totally. Totally. Um, uh, sorry for trampling all over your gag with what is essentially my gag. Yeah. Uh, let's you know, let's let's you know, let's not pretend anything else. Um, so sorry, bit giddy uh, today. Um, Celtic have just beaten Morton five 0 and do you know what? Quite enjoyed it. Clear thoughts in the game overall before we get into the nitty gritty. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it as well. Um, I mean, it's one of those games where you have the expectation that everything's going to be fine. And so you're not kind of, you're not approaching it with the same nerves that you might be approaching other games. But then again, it's still a football match and it's still Celtic and you still never know what's going to happen. And there were a few minutes at the beginning, a few little incidents where I thought, oh, hello, <laughs> should we be getting worried here? But um yeah, it was an enjoyable game to watch and, yeah, a good result. Stuart, how are you feeling about things in general? In general, Paul, I feel astonishingly hungover. So that's, um, <laughs> well, the hood's up, so for listeners... Yeah. Uh, I wondered when he was going to bring it up. <laughs> I think it's probably better to get it out there nice and early so that uh, there's caveats of, of everything. But yeah, uh, I feel in terms of the Celtic game that I watched, I feel good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was entertaining. It was incident-packed in moments. Got to see some of our shiny new toys. And yeah, I think there's quite a quite a lot of interesting little uh, threads to pull on. Mm. Um, I am very impressed, Stuart, that A, you've, you've made it to the podcast with a hangover. Um, mm. You know, your professionalism is never in doubt. But also that you've got your headphones over your hood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, Aesthetically, I'll show you how it would look. Uh, it's not great for the listeners, but just for you guys, we can carry on talking, and I'll do it, and then I'll change it back. Uh, Fine, and uh, we'll, see why this is a better look. We'll, we'll look forward to that as as the podcast progresses. Um, so, uh, yeah, Scottish Cup ties clear. Like, I think the Scottish Cup is is a, a special tournament. I enjoy the Scottish Cup. Or have you got any strong feelings about it in general? I think that. It's one of those things where I have to kind of take the lead from all my fellow Celtic fans who've been Celtic fans and involved in Scottish football for much longer than I have. I'm still kind of getting to grips with all the different competitions in terms of vibe, if you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, um, I think the Scottish Cup has a different vibe to the League Cup, um, for Everything sure. definitely has a different vibe and I feel like it's going to take, I think it takes probably quite a long time to really understand those like, does that make right. sense? So, so, Am I... Yeah, it certainly does. Well, Celtic, you know, quadruple treble. So we won the Scottish Cup four years in a row and then we haven't won it for two years. So, so 
I'm sure I'm sure you'll agree. Like the Scottish Cup feels important this year. It feels like it's yeah. important to bring it back to Parkers. It's yes, also- I would agree with that. I, I I'm a big fan of the Scottish Cup because you kind of want to be involved in the very last thing of the season. It's a nice way to to end the season, and obviously you can't be winning trebles without winning the Scottish Cup. Oh my God, Claire, your cat just nearly careened into your computer. That was terrifying. <laughs> From such a height. Anyway, um, yeah, and I think that, as you say, having not won it in, in the last couple of years, then it, it, it's maybe more of a priority. Ange hasn't won it. Um, and it was one of the sort of disappointments of last season. And you kind of, for a, a team that's achieved so much in such a short period of time, it's a very attainable goal that they haven't achieved. So important to set out your stall early. And I think that that's what they did today. Yeah, nice. I like that. Uh, Claire, what do you want? What do you kind of expect from these early cup ties? I mean, I guess like Celtic in general, think about the women's team as well. Like quite often early in the 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 cup, you'll you'll play a team that's a division below you or yeah. a couple of divisions below you. Like what? Is there anything that sort of gives you a bit of trepidation in these matches, or is there anything specific you're looking forward to seeing? I think like today, like Stuart's already mentioned, we had some of the new players out. There was quite a lot of rotation in the squad. We got to kind of see different different things from this squad than we've seen before. And playing a team like Morton, that's an opportunity for that to happen. But I also am very aware that, I mean, everyone will know I'm an avid, fo- avid follower of the women's game. And we've absolutely been like caught out by teams who we should have, you know, easily beaten um it happened in the league last weekend and it of course it's happened across the men's team and that everyone always says yeah but it's a cup tie like you have to take them that's kind of one of those things as I've started as I've grown into supporting football that's just been kind of one of the mantras that people say you never know you have to take everything as it comes and you can't have be complacent at all yeah it's kind of a case of just win and if you can win well then that's yeah yeah yeah. um in terms of lineup, so no Juranovic, it looks like he's off to Union Berlin. Stuart, how do you feel about that? It looks like a ten million pound deal. Um, I think it's probably a good deal for all parties, to be honest. Um, in terms of, I would have been particularly disappointed if you were losing a player of that quality for the sort of three four million that was being touted. Yeah, maybe that's Gigi. I don't know. Anyway, you, you're getting a, a good return on investment on a player that's clearly got ambitions to move that we've replaced not to suggest that Johnston's going to necessarily be on the calibre of Juranovic but he seems to have started his Celtic career positively and mm-hmm. it's a positive move to have brought him in before Juranovic has moved out it's a bit sad because Juranovic is a great player he was really good for his last season hasn't quite hit the heights this season but you can tell he's really well liked in the dressing room probably a big character around the squad so it will be a bit of a loss but Ten million and a, a move to a team like that, I think, is is fine. I think that's fair to Yeah, um, they're fifth in the Bundesliga right now. Um, I think I read some incredibly bad takes about them being this little provincial club um, in Germany, but it's absolutely not the case. They're a, a great team with um, a really progressive team and a team that's like on the up, and also they're like good guys. So. Um, I would have liked more money for Juranovic, uh, but I think this yeah. is probably something that suits all parties. Uh, uh, no Gigi in the, the squad either, Claire. Uh, I think still got a knock, but again, it kind of looks like he's off. So yeah. um, uh, Moy, Turnbull, Bernabe, and Maeda come into the starting lineup. Um, 
the Scottish Cup game on the BBC, Claire. How like that? That that for me, like being a fan of football as long as I have been, the Scottish Cup should always be on terrestrial TV, right? So I thought it was quite nice to watch it on the BBC. Did you have any strong feelings about that? Not particularly strong feelings. I I kind of. We we were putting the TV on and I kind of always just assume it's not on the BBC. And I was looking through all the sport channels. I was looking at Chris. I was like, where is this on? And then we were like, oh, it's on the BBC. Um, but yeah, it's good. And I like the fact that, you know, that meant that Leanne Crichton was doing some of the commentary. I was mm-hmm. happy to see that. Um, yeah. I mean, I want to say more, but I don't really have an awful lot to say on that subject. Is that bad? No, it's not bad at all. It was a stupid question. I just I, there's just a, a small kind of novelty of it being on uh, console telly. Oh, a lot of it, a lot of it, you can just chalk up and and put in the little folder marked "The Magic of the Cup." Um, <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's what that falls under. Okay, love it. Um, so we lined up uh, Joe Hart and goals a back four of Johnson, Starfelt, Kobayashi, and Bernabe. Midfield three, McGregor, Moy and Turnbull. And up front, uh, Kyogo flanked by Leo Labada and Dyson Maeda. Stuart, thoughts on the lineup? When I saw the lineup, I looked about as excited as David Turnbull does in the official match <laughs> squad list. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, what the fuck's that? And that's because in my mind, I'd sort of earmarked this game to see all the wee sort of mutants and freaks of the squad that you never get to see, <laughs> just to like see how it goes. I wanted to see like Abelgard captain and fucking some player from the B team that I'd never even, that even Lewis hasn't heard of. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> and I was like, that's a really strong team we've put out. And it, 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 it kind of, that's so, that's bad that that's your reaction, but it was just from the novelty perspective. I thought it was going to be a bit wilder, a bit more of a wild team than it was, um, and that's fine. I think that within the first sort of ten, I flip flopped quite a lot. Within the first ten minutes, I was like, "Oh, forget the like cup upsets are things that do happen. Like they happen in England, they happen up here." So, given what we've talked about with the importance of the Scottish Cup. Yeah, you can understand why he's maybe not taking it lightly. I think there's people that will probably complain about players not being given an opportunity in games like this, but it, it was still used as an opportunity to rotate the squad, to give Turnbull minutes, to give Burnaby more time, to let Kobayashi kind of settle in. And the only thing that worried me was it, it made me think back to, was it Alaba we played last season when Idaguchi got injured and yeah. McGregor got injured? And just, I know it's not quite that level, but that's the sort of thing that you're slightly concerned about. but Yeah, of course. Those things generally tend to happen to us in games like this as well. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, not today. Um, Claire, on the bench, uh, a couple of surprises. Uh, Scott Bain, shout out to my fellow Baniacs, of course. Of course. Uh, uh, Boson, Boson Lawal uh, on the bench. Uh, he's been on the bench a few times recently. Um, so he's in there like ahead of Moritz Jens, which is interesting. Uh, uh, Tomoki Iwata, our sparkly new midfielder. Yep. Um, Haksavanovic is on the bench as well, but then like Jota, Forrest, um, Hatate, Hatate, of course, yes. Uh, who we, I was glad he didn't have to come on today. I really wanted him to get a rest. I feel like he deserves one, but like you alluded to earlier, Claire, the first like kind of 10 minutes of the game, Martin had far more of the ball than we did. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little bit of squeaky bum time. What did you make of it? I think that like. That feeling that you have with um, a, a, a tie like this. Well, I'm just kind of thinking about the back line and how the defence felt a little bit shaky in those first few minutes. And Stu talking about wanting to see 
all the kind of freaks and geeks of the squad and mix it up he a said, little. Uh, mutants and freaks. <laughs> <laughs> freaks and geeks are a great TV show, by the way. One of the, one of the best, yeah. Um, but I think that I was really happy to see a strong team in as much as you're... St- there's a lot of there's movement happening we're still in a transfer window people are coming in and out there's a little bit of uncertainty around some of the players that will be around and players starting to get used to playing with each other um so i think that having that strong lineup especially in defense was important to get them to start to go okay this is how we are going to have to play together um and you know and just clearly quite unsentimental about playing people and moving people out and also moving people on so what was the what was the question what am i answering here um i was just uh, well i loved your answer first of all it was good uh we're talking about uh, morton having far more of the ball yeah. than is comfortable in the opening stages the first couple of minutes it was all us and then you're like oh this is yeah. all fine and then like b- between about like three minutes and 12 minutes suddenly it all kind of it was all a bit down their end and they had those crazy long throws that they were doing and it was kind of it was getting dangerously close to the goal too much for my liking for sure and you just felt like there was a bit of tightening up that needed to be done really quickly yeah um so uh strap has a shot on target i think he was taking the throw-ins as well um calvin miller was on the left-hand side he won a corner early on leanne Crichton, i think leanne Crichton's good i enjoy her um her analysis of the game but she said that calvin miller wants to show the celtic fans what they're missing out on Stuart, i don't i don't think that is the case. No, I haven't thought about him in a long time, to be honest. No, but no. Um, respect, was, respect to hustle. It was nice to see him. Uh, <laughs> the, the main worry for me, Stuart, was on our left-hand side, um, Jai Katongo uh, skinned Alexandro Bernabe a couple of times quite mm. early on, um, putting in some all right crosses. Uh, yeah, what did you make of the opening stages? Well, Paul, you're not going to like this, but I would file the first 10, 15 minutes under the the umbrella term, the magic of the cup, where the, the sort of underdog He's comes out swinging. And then, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a bit like, oh, this could be, become one of these, like, you know, kind of classic sort of cup games. But I just think they started with a wee bit of a hiss and a roar. And do you know what? Something that we should talk about is that the pitch is an absolute riot at the moment. I know the weather's been yeah. really bad. Yeah. But it, it looks really bad. And so yeah. I kind of felt like we weren't able to really get a foot on the ball and start playing. And you did kind of work your way into that. Obviously, the decision that we'll, we'll come to talk about has quite a, a big impact on that. But I didn't think... I mean, even if Martin had scored, I sort of didn't feel like at any point the game was going to be in... The result was going to be in jeopardy. Um, and yeah, it's, they kind of did settle into the game. Left back and, and Bernabe in particular is obviously an interesting one that's going to kind of come into sharp focus, especially with Juranovic being away now, that there really isn't any other alternative until Taylor comes back. Um, Taylor's been great this season, really pushed on, and you do really notice him not being in the team now. I'm not really ready to write off Bernabe that it's like a failed project or whatever. I think you've got to remember he's an, he's incredibly young and he's had like a quite a large kind of upheaval culturally moving from where he has to, to where he lives now and hasn't had an enormous amount of game time and has been kind of in and out and I think just probably does need a bit more time. thought in the second half he looked much better and he also, I think he's he's good going forward, but defensively I think he's, he's quite suspect um, 
And so that is a bit of a concern because if Taylor's out, you know, for a number of weeks, um, potentially up to that League Cup final, mm. it's it's definitely a, a weak point. Yeah, I, I think he's I think he's a problem in defence. I, I really do. I think um, going forward, he, he, I just don't think he's a defender. <laughs> I really don't. I think he's a I think he's a left winger. Uh, anyway, um, his game improves later on. Clear. Let's go to the the, the first major flashpoint in the match and probably mm-hmm. the, the point where the, the game really I mean the game was always going to turn in our favour but I think this was really the point where you know it really went south for Morton so uh, Leah Labada who we need to talk about later because I thought he was great today um, he's weaving around mm-hmm. the the right hand side of the pitch it weaves through a group of players gets a shot away the shot is deflected so it hits a Motherwell a Morton defender and then it sort of hits off of the 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 arm of Effie Ambrose, whose arm is behind him, and he's sort of fallen over. Um, not too dissimilar to the type of penalty we saw given against Celtic against uh, Alexandro Bernabe a couple of months ago. Um, okay, do you think it was a penalty? No, I think that why I just think we're getting to the point now where, like, everyone has arms. Most of the footballers on that pitch have like what are you supposed <laughs> all of them. What are you supposed to do? I, I don't know. It's been discussed endlessly, but like this whole natural position thing. Like, what is a natural position? Where are you supposed to put your hands? Where are you supposed to put your arms? Like, I just don't understand in a scenario like that. Like you said, he was falling over. His hands. It, it wasn't outstretched. He wasn't like leaning towards or anything. I thought it was really harsh. Mm-hmm. Sure. What did you make of it? I think that the whole thing was a nonsense, to be honest. I didn't even notice at first what they would be checking for. So I, I bad the ball kind of goes out, I think, for a throw-in. And then they stop and they're like, we're checking for a potential handball. I'm like, for what? Like, I honestly yeah. didn't see anything that even looked like there might have been contact because it goes behind Ambrose. Mm-hmm. The amount of time that it took... Oh my God! I think yeah. that, I think James McFadden said at half time that it was two two and a half minutes or something like that before Clancy went to check, mm-hmm. which is just insane. And so, either he needs to go and have a look, and then he makes a call on it. The the it's very similar to the Burnaby one, which was a, a nonsense as well. And I suppose that the overarching point is comes back to consistency again, like even within this game where Ambrose has a more blatant handball that doesn't get given yep, because that's justified by him like posting. It's like a, a posting hand or it's like, it's, it's, it's like a weight bearing hand, but I'm pretty sure he's on the way down. He's on the way down and so he's, he's not on the he's, ground. He's hands, his hands are behind him to stop him from like, it's a, it's a, what I would call a natural movement by Ambrose to put your hands behind mm-hmm. you because you're falling backwards and your hands break your fall. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with you both. I think it was a shocking decision. Um, never a penalty. And see if this had been given against us, we would have been livid. Absolutely. And and I feel like when you're watching Goldson literally like punch the ball week in, week out, and not even going to the monitor to check them, mm-hmm. some of the it's just like how are you applying this this rule? And again, it comes back to like Alan was at the game and he was messaging us like what's no, there's no indication in the stadium what's what has or has not happened. Mm-hmm. And actually, credit to the BBC, that's one of the first VAR decisions that I can recall seeing such a, a, a variety of camera angles from and relatively quickly in terms of when the incident happened. But 
it was a bit of a joke and it definitely changed the the atmosphere about the game, obviously in our favour, so that's great. But yeah, it was just a bit a bit farcical and it's the sort of thing that we'll get hammered for, like when yeah. we've complained about VAR decisions and then we get a stinking VAR decision go for us, people are gonna say, Oh, it's because, you know, Ange was agitating about the the rules and how they're being applied and stuff. And so it's just you can't win. These things even themselves out over the course of a season, though, apparently. So, <laughs> yeah, <I think> so. <laughs> but can we also um, just, they mentioned it in the commentary as well about the fact that this is a competition where VAR is being used in some games and not others, which yeah, just seems like an absolutely wild way to run a competition to me. I just, yeah. I, it, it makes absolutely well, no yeah, sense. They, they made the point that if, if it had been at Capital, then we wouldn't have got the penalty. Yeah. Because the ref's not seen it. Yeah, yep. exactly. It's, and, yeah. Ugh. This division, this this country, these people that run our game. Um, <laughs> however, do you know what? The penalty was given, and Claire, we have a new penalty taker. His name is Aaron Moy. Yeah, lovely. Absolutely cracking. Um, I thought he had a really, really good game today. I'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk more about that, but that was the first moment. He just steps up and very happy to see him doing that again if he needs to. Because <laughs> we Love have... The- Sorry, I just I love the repropriation of uh, Daddy Cool as well from yeah. <laughs> away from from Johnny Hayes to Aaron Moy. I yeah. think they both have kind of similar like uh, a similar love for those both those players from the Celtic support, which I quite like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great penalty. Yeah, so struck it kind of right foot into the the goalie's left hand corner. The goalie uh, dived the wrong way, dove the wrong way, dived the wrong way, dove. I dived. Dove a word? Dived right. Well, yeah, Barry will, Barry will confirm this later. Thank you. <laughs> Barry Gallagher, if someone could uh, get in touch with Barry immediately, please, that would be great. Yes. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, great penalty by Moy, and uh, that's the moment the game turned. We were in complete control, clear from that moment on. Uh, and then a couple of minutes later, uh, we scored a second. And God love him. Clear, uh, obviously, you, you've come to Celtic um after Effie Ambrose uh, was was our player, yeah. <laughs> what's this, is the sort of folklore of Celtic the stories you've heard? What's kind of you, what was your opinion of Effie Ambrose? You know, before this game, um, obviously a lot of it, a lot of my opinions get informed by the opinions of Christopher Gallagher, <laughs> <laughs> because that's right, who so I live with. Tell. So yeah. it, he's sitting there going, "Ah, he was shite," blah, blah blah, and being all negative towards. It. I thought the other thing I thought while we're talking about the commentary team and they mentioned the VAR thing the other thing they kept doing they were being I thought they were being really mean to, they kept bringing up stuff from his career that he'd done wrong the whole <laughs> way through the game I mean facts there are is, facts is, though right there is, there is quite a lot to choose from I know I, mean, there, I know <laughs> there is there is no need to be upset um so you're talking through the goal so Kyogo scores first of two today yeah double agent Ambrose sort of just gives the ball away <laughs> it's he, he kind of goes to clear it I don't think it's a pass he kind of goes to clear it and just sort of fluffs it a bit do you not think yeah and then Abada plays a really cute ball through for Kyogo and it's a really lovely finish and I think that I saw someone who was it maybe it was Hamish uh, Carton was tweeting about it the other day about how there's been a lot of really standout performers for Celtic this year Taylor CCV Hitati but when it comes to like player of the year, I'm not sure that we're now in a position where you can look past Kyogo. Um, and that's pretty mad when you consider that he had that dip in 
form, confidence, didn't quite look like himself, wasn't quite taking chances, and now he just seems kind of lethal again. His movement, he seems like he's really happy, really flourishing. And both his goals today are really brilliant. And that's him on 20 now or something, but he's pretty much a goal a game, um, which is just fantastic. Uh, And I know you said we wanted to talk about Abada as well. I thought Abada was brilliant today. He's not really been getting a huge amount of starts just because Jota's been back in the team and Maeda's been playing so well. But I thought that he he contributed really, really well today. Um, Sometimes... With Abada, you're only really seeing his goals and his assists and the, the knock on him is that he's not tremendously involved sometimes. Um, but he was really involved in a lot for the, the hour or so that he was on. Uh, and it's a really, really good assist. Yeah, let's talk about Abada. I think this, this season, Abada, I think, I mean, there was a message to set into the weekly this week um, just about if if, if, the, if we think Abada's sort of... Uh, off the ball play and and basically is 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 play that isn't assisting or scoring goals. Um, Claire, do you think we're seeing a more focused, more mature Abada this year, or do you think there's still it's still a guy in sort of who's developing? I think he's still developing, but I I, I sort of agree with both those statements. I think there's probably a way to go. I think he can probably become more of an asset to this team but I definitely feel like I mean especially in a game like today he was I thought he was really good today he was getting in good place places his crossing was great he was you asked about off the his positioning was good I just think he's someone who there's more to come basically from him and I I feel personally like when I when he gets the ball I feel a lot surer that everything's okay I used to have a slight sense of like unpredictability around him as a as a fan watching the game when he got the ball like how's this going to go because it was a bit some of those flashes of brilliance were a bit sporadic and it it kind of kind of sometimes go either way well uh, he he contributed massively today I mean let's it is Morton right Abada having a game like that today can only work wonders for his confidence um, and we'll talk about him later, he's involved in a lot more of the play um, so uh, we're 2-0 up and, and it's really just one way traffic from this point on, um, Abada's sort of weaving around the right hand side of the pitch, sort of darting into the box, Stuart it's good to see him taking on the fullback. Yeah, I think that it's it's fine to offer the caveat that you're playing against Morton but you shouldn't let that sort of take anything away from his performance either that it's it's the things that he would probably you would probably be wanting him to do more of in his game and he's 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 doing those things and I think that the point that you both made about how he's maturing but you can see that I think he's still not quite the finished article but he is maturing and he's adding more to his game um my worry about Abada is that now that it's not that the team's starting to get broken up because I think that the way that we're doing our transfer business it's it's going to be like a developing thing and you're not just going to be left in the lurch with players going and not having them necessarily replaced. But I do feel like Abada is probably one of the most attractive assets for someone probably in the summer, mm-hmm. just with his goals to games ratio, his age and the fact that he is developing. I think that Abada could end up being a really top, top level player um, when he irons out a few things in his game and he clearly has that kind of passion and that kind of hunger to, to to get better you can see that in his game so I would worry that he might be one of the next ones to move on 
But for the time being, I think he's he's been fantastic this season. And you would have looked at him and maybe said that he couldn't hit the sort of numbers that he did last year, but he's he's already on double figures for goals this year and assists must be in the same sort of ballpark as yeah. well, I would have thought, if not more. Yeah, you'd think so. I, I feel like he's assisting more. I think he's... Mm. I don't know. I just feel like he's thinking about where he's putting the ball a little bit more. I mean, he's still mm. prone to... I mean, he's a winger, right? Wingers are going to have games where they're just not involved, right? It's, it's a fact. Um, but... Yeah, I'm enjoying Leo Labada and we should continue to enjoy Leo Labada while he's still here because there is a really talented player there. Um, so yeah, Abada has a shot away um, after really good work by Kyogo in the half hour mark. Maeda playing on the left um, had a great moment. He sort of robs uh, Liam Grimshaw, but his shot went over the bar. Um, Aaron Moy, clear, uh, had a shot sort of deflected just for Bernabe, skied it over. Mm-hmm. Moy was... So involved in things today. I mean, we'll talk about, uh, he obviously scores the fifth goal, but his overall performance, what do you make of it? I thought he was really good today. It's what I'm looking at my notes and I've written, you know, when you're making your notes and you're looking at like which names you've written lots of times and I've written about a badder a lot and I've written Bernabe not for necessarily good reasons, but like I haven't written Moy's name a lot, but I think partly that was because he was just doing that job like in this sort of, middle of the park where you just feel like he's so composed now on the ball he feels like such a kind of presence and a solid presence in that midfield that it gives everyone else around him the chance to do things and try things and kind of make make stuff happen um yeah he 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 was every, he was just he was everywhere he was great yeah i love them sure what do you make of his performance today so see on Aaron Moy Aaron Moy was really good today and he's been really good for a long time. And I kind of feel like if your stance on Aaron Moy is anything other than he's really good and he's contributing to the team, then you're a curmudgeon or a contrarian and you need to fucking try and enjoy yourself because honestly, (laughs) I think he's been fantastic. And what a pickup for nothing, the contribution that he's had. I don't think that Aaron Moy is going to be there for seasons to come. He might not even be there next season. I think it's only like a year deal or something on a rolling temp. But I think his contribution has been fantastic. I think he started off slowly. He does things at his own pace generally, but he hadn't played football in a long, long time. And he's coming into a different system. And I think he's just got progressively better the more that we've seen of him. And he's just incredibly reliable. Really, really good with the ball. Obviously, Celtic like to play at a pace, and that's the whole point with Angie's ball. And I, I just don't think that the way Moy plays hinders that. Um, I don't think that you have to just bring him on to sort of see out games. I think that some of his through balls and some of his passing is just mm-hmm. really, really, really good. And I'm I'm really pleased to see him start to get his flowers. Like, it's really nice to hear a stadium singing his name because... Mm-hmm he could just be this unsung sort of like work cart horse kind of player. And he's not, he's way more than that. And I think that at the moment, I love Matt O'Reilly, like absolutely adore him. I think that Matt O'Reilly's form has dipped a little bit and he's, I know he's had, he's got like the most assists in the league contributing a lot, but if you're sort of riding the hot hand, Moy has been more effective when he's been playing than O'Reilly has recently. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a problem. O'Reilly will get better. It's not, it's just a, a sort of dip in form. 
you can enjoy them all. You don't have to be like, I've decided that that player is too old or too slow or too, or he is shit because he's not. He's like 100% not shit. He's very good. <laughs> and I think, I think Alan made the point the other day that, you know, footballers can be good after the age of 27. You don't have to have a team of like young, dynamic, you know, whiz kids. It's perfectly fine to have an experienced head like Aaron Moy. And again, we're, I'm sure that if people do hold that opinion, they say, listen, mate, he's playing against Greenwich Martin. Adam Moy's been playing like that for weeks and weeks now. You saw how good he was at the World Cup and before, and it's great to see him get his flowers. And I'm I'm quite happy for him to continue in that midfield until such times as, you know, O'Reilly's really knocking on the door and or Moy sort of drops off. And I'm sure that that can and will happen. But for the time being, you just have to accept that he's very good and has been very good and say as much. The jersey's his, uh, without a doubt. Absolutely. Um, and I, I, I sure, I'm one of those people. I, when when Moy first joined Celtic, I was not a fan at all. I just thought the, the the game slowed down every time he got the ball. But I mean, happy to eat my words. I think, yeah, since the World Cup, certainly he's been he's been fantastic. He's 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 potentially been our best midfielder. You know, Hatati's playing really well, McGregor's playing really well, and Moy's playing really well. And it's great to have three of your top midfielders all hitting good form at the same time. And this is a good time for them all to be hitting good form. Um, brilliant today. I thought the way he and Abada linked up was fantastic. He'd, some of his passes to Abada, just that in through the back, and Abada's pace complements that really well. Some really exciting moments. Um, but then there was another midfielder on the pitch, clear. His name is David Turnbull, and he got our third goal. Um, talk us through it. That guy just scoring goals from outside the box, hey? I mean... Absolutely loves it. And he looked slightly happier this time than he did last time. No? Yeah. I, think I was watching I think for that as well. I was like, is he, is he, is he happy? Is he smiling? What's going yeah. on? Yeah. <laughs> um, to Kyogo. Um, and Kyogo kind of gets the ball and he's almost turning around so that he's facing back with his back to the goal. And he, it's kind of Kyogo's very rapid awareness that he needs to get rid of the ball quickly and not try anything with it that puts it straight out to Turnbull and Turnbull's getting ready to strike it before it's barely left Kyogo's foot and he just mm. does that David Turnbull outside the box thing and puts it away. It's so like, I just think that we, he passed it, like he passed it into the net, which I love. The goalie was anywhere near it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming the goalie's vision was was blocked a bit because I feel like, you know, because of the, there wasn't loads of pace on the ball. It was just a really, really nice sort of hit, but a very yeah. There was a really lot going. There was a lot going on in front of goal as well at that point, and then but yeah. Turnbull just had that space because I guess like Kyogo was running in. All those defenders were kind of surrounding him. I guess imagining that he was the key threat there as the ball comes in. And then Turnbull just goes, hi. <laughs> um, great for Turnbull to score two games running clear, but also, you know, he got good minutes today. He played well. He was involved in everything. Um, where, where do you see Turnbull? Sorry, pardon me. I said Turnbull. Um, where do you see David Turnbull uh, in this sort of hierarchy of Celtic midfielders? What kind of role do you think he'll play for the rest of the season? I think it's, he's obviously he's an asset and he's a good person to have to bring on. You you need some depth in that squad. And I think, you know, I'm someone who, you know, someone like Turnbull comes on, has a good game, scores a goal, and I'm all in suddenly. And then he has a bad game and I'm like, ah, no, get rid. Um, fickle, I think maybe is the word. Mm. Um, but if I'm trying to zoom out and kind of look at the bigger picture, like you need players like David Turnbull in your squad, don't you? To kind of yeah. 
be able to come on and fill those gaps and do those jobs when you know others aren't available or it's a, a different type of game or whatever it is you know and I think Ange is really good at knowing when someone like Turnbull should and could and like will make an impact yeah please for him today and I thought that was a lovely goal and yeah two two goals in two games um nice to see him smile uh, you know, people should try and enjoy yourself. You're right, Stuart. Uh, so uh, there's another uh, shot not long after that or a, a chance where uh, Moy, another brilliant ball to Abada who puts in a really, really good cross to the six-yard box, but Kyogo and Maeda just couldn't get on the end of it. But it looked like another perfect um, Ange Postacoglu Celtic goal. Uh, Abada gets another shot again. Um, his left foot shots are palmed over the bar by the goalkeeper. It was a good save. And then just right before half time, Stuart uh, Kyogo gets his second uh, with something pretty special. Talk us through it. Yeah, it kind of. I think it's Abada that flashes it in again, and it's sort of like a second ball. Mm-hmm. The defender probably should do better with it and clear it. Doesn't. And I think that what's so good about Kyogo's game when he's in top form. Um, and maybe these were the sort of things that weren't quite coming off for him. It's just his sort of hunger and his desire to get to everything. And he reacts so quickly to win the ball back and turn and shoot. And it's a fantastic finish. And you can just see that he's, he's really, he's really in form at the moment. And uh, it's all kind of coming a lot easier to him than it was. And I think that we kind of, it was, he was, I think rightfully put under the spotlight through that kind of period because you, you have to ask those questions if you are the sort of, going to be the main man at a club like Celtic, then you should be scrutinised when you're passing up some of the chances that he was. You could tell that he, he didn't stop being a good player. He was just clearly lacking a bit of confidence and a little bit off form. And it looked like it was weighing on him a bit. And it doesn't now. He's playing with a real freedom. And his reaction time, as I say, and precision with the shot was just fantastic. Also, do you know what we haven't mentioned? Obviously, I have said I'm incredibly hungover. When... <laughs> Kyogo scored his first and both him and Abada did the JJ celebration. Oof. Nice. I didn't see that. I didn't spot you know? that. I was too busy. Oh, yeah, I, well, the thing is, I take loads of notes during the game. So I was like, you I know, didn't battering. spot it either. I'm going to have yeah. to go back oh, that's and look. Great. Yeah, they <laughs> that's both great. did that. Oh, that's... And it was, it was a motion. I, was, I don't, I don't need that. So I shouldn't, I'm not going to watch any adverts for anything today. And I'm not going to watch mm-hmm. that celebration because I'll just be in floods of tears. But yeah. do you know what? It's oh, a nice man. little touch. And um, yeah, just Kyogo's great, great game. I thought it was mad that they gave him the stadium man of the match for only playing 45 minutes. But <laughs> yeah. It was really, really good. Both him and Abada were really, really good in the first half. Yeah, what a forty-five minutes! Um, two two great goals. I, I thought that I thought his second goal was utterly brilliant. I think it was just the just the, the pounce. He I, I like when a striker is so alert in the box that that he is so it's, just, it's the awareness of what's going on around you. And I think that's something that a lot of these players have is awareness of what's happening around them, and they know how to just adapt to it really quickly. And that comes with playing in this system for such a long time. Um, and again, the confidence is just flowing through Kyogo. Claire, did you enjoy? It? I take it you did enjoy that goal. Super I very much enjoyed that goal. I just, I mean, we've just we've kind of said it all. My comments were just about the again the speed of his reaction the speed of his thought the way he was able to get that ball back right from their feet sort of dig it out right from their feet and then just get on it and turn and do what he did yeah fantastic and you know for a player like him where you talk about the dip in form it's really nice to see him kind of getting back he he likes to be the kind of showman a bit as well he's got that he's developed into that kind of talismanic player who the stadium always goes like people when when they read that when they read out the team and they go Kyogo and all that like everyone has kind of got 
like their hopes pinned on him a bit. So to see him return mm-hmm. to form is a bit like it's joyful, but it's there's a bit of a kind of relief in it as well. <laughs> and when he a game he doesn't score, you're really disappointed, you know. Like it's and it's not at him; it's just in that he hasn't been able to you know score a goal. And I I, I do think that the, the celebrations at the end when he does the did 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 thing, he should only be allowed to do that when he scored a goal or when he's played really well. Um, yeah, and today he he definitely deserved to do it. Um, Four <laughs> 0 half time, uh, brilliant. Um, we had all the possession, um, even that, that kind of for a ten minute period within the first phase of the game. Uh, aside, brilliant stuff by Celtic. Second half, uh, Stuart, you talked about our shiny new toys. One of them, uh, Tomoki Iwata comes on for Callum McGregor, and uh, Haksabanovic comes on for Kyogo. Um, makes sense, sure. Yeah, Rest. I think. Given what we'd said about you know the, the game last year with like Gucci's injury and McGregor's injury, Kyogo at the moment, if Gigi is on his way out, it looks like this uh, uh, O O that's going to be hard to s- O O O Hun O O Hun O Hun Yeah, so it looks like he's probably going to be coming in next week from the reports. Mm-hmm. So for the time being, if Gigi's on the way out, you kind of need to have Kyogo and Cotton Wool a wee bit where. I know it would be nice for him to have a hat trick, but there is just no need for him to be out there in a game that, um, you know, he doesn't doesn't need to be out there. Um, and I guess getting the opportunity to play Iwata in a in a sort of free hit where McGregor can take some well earned rest as well, then it was it, it made sense. One thing that really annoyed me is that I don't think that the BBC said who had come off for either player. And even when the graphic came up, it was for Morton and not for Celtic. And I was just really annoyed because I was like, this something has happened here and it took me a wee minute to work out who it was and I was annoyed. That's not why you pay your license fee. That's sure. not what I pay the license fee for. <laughs> um what did you make of Iwata? Let's just talk about him because I mean the second half there's <laughs> Not so much to talk about in the second half. There's some moments, but like, let's just look at the the half in general. Stuart, like Iwata, were you excited to see him, and what did you make of his performance? I was very excited to see him. I think that he's a great pickup, and I'm excited to see how he'll be used because he seems like a player of real quality. You know, J League Player of the Year. So I'm not sure how they're going to rotate him in. Whether that means that McGregor will play further forward. Obviously, Angie's a big fan of him, so probably has ambitions on him getting quite a lot of minutes. It'll be interesting to see how he's used, but I thought he was very comfortable. Obviously, a very straightforward game by that point for him, so he could have just like coasted, but he looked like he really wanted to be involved. They, they picked, up on, picked up on it in commentary that even when he wasn't on the ball, he was kind of dictating play and like pointing a lot to where the passes were. It was a bit like watching football with Ian where he points where there's a pass, thinking that it will <laughs> in some way influence the player. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love he that. does the Leonardo DiCaprio meme. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've said that to him many times, so it's quite okay to say it on, on this format. But yeah, he he was really engaged. Lots of like really nice kind of one, one touch stuff. Um, and yeah, you want to see him tested in, in a slightly different environment, but a, a really good opportunity for him to get in. So I thought I thought he was thought he was fine. Claire Wild, um, if you could describe Iwata's performance using one adjective, what would it be? Uh, calm. Mm, I love it. I would I have thought... said like tidy. 
Like, yeah, tidy's tidy. good. Tidy's good. I, because we were so far ahead and that second half was a lot less lively than the first half. Like it was really nice to see him come on and he's obviously a very different player from Callum McGregor. Um, he was sitting a lot further back, kind of, he, he wasn't moving as high up the pitch, but like both him and Kobayashi like have come into that team and like you said, started being quite vocal and being quite involved very quickly. Like they both, they look like players who aren't kind of working their way into the team. They're like very, co- the confidence is there as well. So confidence, probably another one. Mm, great. Uh, uh, I was impressed by him. Go on, sure. I just quite like in general how we're uh, sort of bedding in the new players. They do kind of already feel like they're part of the squad. And it's weird because we've seen so little of them, but like Kobayashi looked really good in those last yeah. two games. And I know, yeah. again, you look at the strength of competition, but to be honest, it's teams like that that Celtic centre-halves have historically struggled with, where it's long balls into the box, it's physicality. And he's just kind of like come through those two games without a scratch on him. Looks really comfortable on the ball. It, it does make a huge difference having a left-sided centre-half so that when the ball comes over, he's not having to turn inside or take a touch to control it and move it on. It's all really natural for him. Mm-hmm. And I think that Johnson as well is just slotted in and is. I think he's started really well. And obviously it's a, a difficult role to kind of learn the way that, that we play within the system. And I think he'll only get better at that. But his physicality, his running, all of that, they just all look like good acquisitions. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. Um, actually, yeah, I agree. I, th- I think Kobayashi, putting him in against St Mirren is a, good, is a great idea. Put him up against the guy like Curtis Main, who's just a sort of wardrobe. And, um, <laughs> he, can, he did, he, he strolled it, and he definitely strolled today, as did Starfelt. I mean, there was no real threat from Morton going forward. Uh, I guess it'll, just, it'll be interesting what happens when Carter Vickers comes back because you don't know if Kobayashi is seen as the, as an upgrade on Starfelt or how it's how it's going to work basically, um, and that I think that's an interesting one for Ange to to manage because obviously it's the best thing for the squad if you've got three quality centre halves vying for two positions. I'll be interested to know what's happening with Jens. I don't know if Jens is injured or something because it seems it seems odd to be so far out of the picture. There's um, chat. There's chat that he might. The, the loan might get cut short today. I saw something yeah. on social media and he might, you know, there's clubs in Germany looking at him. Um, yeah. We talked about this in the weekend update yesterday. Because, um, you know, Welsh is still at the club. Uh, Lawal came on today. So um, we probably have enough cover in defence to let Jens go. Yeah. Um, I can't see Jens getting in the squad now with, yeah. with everybody fit. You know, Kobayashi is clearly a quality player. And, um, you know, we, I mean, Jens started quite well, but... Uh, Thanks, but no thanks. What, what uh, about um, what about Kobayashi's beard? Though, what are we going to do about no, that? No, yes, I, needs see, sorted. The, <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask uh, who's going to uh, have a word. Is is not? I just kind of feel like that's McGregor's job as captain. Yeah, no. Yeah, McGregor though. Like, if you if you can't grow facial hair, are you it's allowed hard to? to yeah. yeah. So maybe like, should it be Pax Savanovic that does yeah. it? Yeah, yeah he, he's got a great beard. We'll talk yeah. about him in a wee while because I thought I thought he was great today as well. Um, Claire. The yeah. water looks cool as fuck. <laughs> I love his whole aesthetic. I think he just looks badass, cool, hot. Just not, not. I'm not being a creep here. I just think he looks great. I think he suits the Celtic team. It's a very 
cool Celtic team right now. Um, sorry, I just wanted to bring that up. Did you want my comment on it? <laughs> no, no, that's okay. I, I, should, I shouldn't have brought it up. What I would like your comments on is how we started the second half um, because yeah, Aaron Moy basically comes out and almost scores like twice. Um, hitting the post. Oh my god, uh, that hitting so, the post. <laughs> and, and we actually, from this point on, we saw some really good crossing from Burnaby. You know, let's give him a bit of credit, and because you know, defensively poor today, but going forward, they had some good crosses. He did. He really calmed down in the second half, which is really nice to see. I just want him to be able to do that consistently when he starts for us, because. The, the word liability springs to my mind too often still when he's playing. I know we've talked about it, with, you know, we've already said on this podcast, he's young, he's developing, like he's not written off. But for me, I really worry about him when he's, <laughs> I sort of, it's one of, he's one of those players that I'm not like immediately reassured by when I see him in the lineup, but he absolutely did um, settle down in that second half. Maybe again, it's the second half where we're already four goals up. It's maybe a thing about, nerves or confidence or just knowing that there's a lot less at stake at that point mm. i don't know yeah. yeah i think that's a great point um but you know we, we should give credit where you know bernabe is the next celtic culture war i'm certain of it um <laughs> let's let's just try and be nice to him as stuart says he's a young guy he's he's come from uh he's, he's not played in scotland before uh the, the league is weird there's some horrible players out there so let's just be be nice about him um turnbull has another shot from outside the box the goalie does well to turn it past um and then stewart has another penalty claim uh, abada uh, doing really really well on the right skins his man uh, his cross hits off ambrose's hand and i thought this was pretty clear cut but apparently not Magic of the cup, Paul. You know. <laughs> okay, that's that's three. You can't you can't use it anymore. I know, and the the reason that that was the third one is because it's not relevant. So that's why it's funnier. I don't okay. need to explain that to you because you've obviously got a number of comedy awards, Paul. Seven, and you understand that. Um, yeah, it felt like a stonewall penalty to me. He like pretty much catches it, and also it was a shot on target. And it's just what a fucking weird country we live in, man. <laughs> <laughs> the application of I feel like the application of VAR in England, all the problems were about offsides and someone can be offside for a, a toe or a stud or this or that and people are losing their goddamn minds about it. And I think that in Scotland it's a handball thing. And to be honest, it's that's not even necessarily a VAR situation. It's the SFA need to say this is what constitutes it and this is what has to happen. And I don't know if they can were they not supposed to have some summit recently to clarify the situation? Yeah, I heard something about this. Managers in or something, but it's just fucking weird, man. Like the when you look at the ones that the O'Reilly one uh, against Ross County, mm-hmm. the Bernabe one, even O'Reilly at the Bernabeu. That's a hard sentence to throw together. Bernabe at the Bernabeu. Bernabe yeah. at the Bernabeu. Um, <laughs> Those are like incredibly harsh handballs. And then, he, as I say, if Ambrose was on the ground posted up, maybe that falls under the rules. But he was on his way down. He, he basically like slaps the ball away. No, it doesn't mean it. If Ambrose doesn't mean anything. No. If Ambrose, he didn't mean it. He didn't mean it. He didn't mean it when he stood on that old lady's foot in the bank that day when I was stood oh, behind him. Yeah, yeah well, great story that. Love it. But he did it and he apologised. And she was that wasn't enough for her. She wasn't happy. But... <laughs> You know what I mean? It's a penalty. It's a penalty. Claire, is that a penalty? If the one at the beginning of the game was a penalty, that absolutely was a penalty. Yeah. 
Yeah, maybe it nice. evens itself out over the course of ninety minutes, Paul. Well, yeah, or, the, or a season, or a season, sure. Uh, it's, it's just wild to me. It's just one of those things now that you kind of have to stop getting really worked up about because it's going to keep happening. And uh, we, oh, we, I will be. I will continue to get worked up about yeah, it. Clear. It's Sorry, get, it's, good, it's good to get the blood up. I love. I love to feel the rage inside me. You know, it's like it's like the dark side of the force. Like, okay, you know, like I'm, yeah. I'm choosing. Um, I'm choosing a different path. Yeah, you stay staying. It's good to have a, a different a difference of uh, opinion across the, the cynics. Uh, we're in complete control. Uh, Iwata's playing pretty well, tidy. Lots. Of, I think I, I counted one misplaced pass. But what I liked about Iwata was where he, where he was in the pitch. His positioning was excellent. He always picked a good pass apart from that one time. Uh, but like you say, also directing traffic. Good, A, a good debut, um, given it was only 45 mm-hmm. minutes. Um, James Forrest comes on for Leah Labada. Oh, I meant to tell you at the start of the game when Celtic were doing the huddle and it was on the screen. <laughs> Frankie, my partner, has got a new like he's got a new like tradition where he goes up to the telly and he touches the butts of the players <laughs> for good luck. <laughs> and just James Forrest reminded me of of that. Um Haksabanovich clear. Uh, that's a guy who has some pretty special close control. Yeah, I really want to see more of that guy, please. I was really I was really glad that he was brought on in this game, but I'd like to see some more of him as the season progresses. He's great, Stuart. Yeah, he is really good. And I, I just think that we haven't seen anywhere near his top level. I think he's still finding his feet. Um, he does things, so for the goal, he did something which I th- thought was pretty mad where and maybe I don't want to skip to the goal just yet. Well, no, we, let, we, let's talk, talk about the goal. So, I mean, it, basically, first, yeah. Was it Awata that plays the ball? Because it's an absolutely stunning ball over the top to Haksabanovich. I'm not sure if it's Awata. I think it might have been. It, we were debating it in our house and we came to the conclusion it might have been Burnaby. I think it was, was it? Burnaby, okay. yeah. Brilliant, even yeah. better. As I say, he had a really good second half, so hopefully he can build on that. So Haksabanovich is running and you, you kind of think he's fucked it. And then he cuts. So he goes, cuts inside. And you think he's going to play it. And he should play it. And most players would play it. And mm-hmm. then he turns back into three players. Mm-hmm. Because that's how he sees that they all think I'm going to go this way. So I'm going to go that way. And basically eventually gets it across and Moy lashes at home. But I just think that that's an example of the way that Haksabanovich, his brain works in those tight spaces where it doesn't matter what anyone sort of would traditionally think or do. He he doesn't see it that way. And, and I think that that's really exciting I think that he has a bit, like Jota has a lot of that in him as well, mm-hmm. but probably a bit more, just a bit more flair and maybe a bit more kind of athleticism with it. Haksabanovic mm-hmm. is really like, not quite as pacey, but you just a, an absolute wizard with the ball at his feet. And I, I think that when he starts adding more goals to his game and maybe some more assists, he could easily be like a, a, a proper star in that team. And I think that's exciting as well. When we're talking about maybe a badder moving on or players starting to move on, Haksavanovic hasn't even got going yet. And yeah. you can already see green shoots of what a player he is. So I thought he was good when he came on. Good again, working back from injury that, that now we will be able to sort of see him because I kind of felt like before his injury, he was just starting to get into his groove and, and obviously that disrupted it. So really happy for him. And obviously delighted for Moy to, to score again. He's a jazz musician, Haksabanovic. Like it's about the it's about the things he doesn't do that makes him so special. It's the goals uh, he doesn't score that make him the 
Uh, I love this goal um, for all the reasons you've talked about. Claire, what did you make of the goal, boys, second? I was really happy that he got a goal. Like Obviously, he got the penalty, but I just thought because I thought he'd played so well in the game and I was like, if I, if I want anyone to get a goal now, it's him. So I was delighted that he was the one who got on the end of that. Like all that stuff that you were describing, Stuart, about Hax Banovic and how he got the ball across. I just absolutely loved watching it. Um, but again, just to to have to have Aaron, it just felt like a really nice way to finish the game for Aaron Moy to get a goal. I agree. Um, great batter, just battering at home from eight yeah. yards. I, I love those kind of goals. We score a lot of goals like that where it's, you know, a low a low ball from you know, the, from either side. Uh, it was just the amount of work that Hacksaw did to get that ball across. It was, it was, it was unnecessary, um, but great all the same. Uh, Matt O'Reilly came on just uh, before that for uh, Turnbull. Uh, Matt O'Reilly's haircut, Stuart, Claire, is quite nice. But my friend Tara Quinn, our friend Tara Quinn, PQ. has... Uh, hypothesised that the reason that Matt O'Reilly hasn't quite been as great as he was last season is because he may be in a relationship. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm glad that he's, I'm glad that that's what she said there because basically there's a thing that uh, I play, you might, re- you know, deep cut, but people out there might remember the Onion Bag, my fantasy Premier League oh, uh, wow, podcast yeah. back in the day. I've been playing FPL for years now and one of the common threads with the league that we have is that people who find love tend to have really poor seasons because it drops down their list of, of priorities. It's it's a phenomenon. I can I'm not going to name names, but I've seen it happen. And yeah, it's it's a that's a real thing. And I think that if we do the research and we could maybe try and find a correlation between the date that Matt <laughs> O'Reilly posted on Maine that he had a girlfriend and the dip in form, it would be very interesting. Quite frankly, Paul, maybe he's all shagged out. Maybe he's just tired and he just doesn't have enough because he's a lustful man and in the throngs of new love. And who can blame his partner, Claire? You know, he's a he's a good looking good looking man. He's a right? handsome boy, and the good thing is that that new love phase ends, and he'll knuckle down again, hopefully. Okay, good. I'm glad we're all on board with this. Thank you, Tara, for for that coming up with that as well. I think it, it really made me think. Makes you think, doesn't it? Um, can I just say as well, I don't know if you're going to ask anything about him coming on, but like I did think that it was getting a bit like we're just seeing out this game and I did think it got a bit livelier when Matt O'Reilly came on and having Matt mm-hmm. O'Reilly and Darren Moy on the park at the same time. I think O'Reilly wants to score a goal yeah. badly. But I think he, he needs won't, it. He won't, he won't sacrifice it. Like him, he won't make too many sacrifices for the rest of the team to do it. I just hope that opportunity comes up soon. As soon as he scores that goal, I think he'll be totally fine. And he's he's as we we know how much he's contributing. The assists are great, um, but also it doesn't really matter too much because we've got so many midfielders in good form. Um, uh, a debut for Boston Lawal, which I thought was quite nice. It was a nice wee touch by Ange to give him some minutes at the end of the game. Um, had high hopes clear that he was going to come on and, and score a header from a corner with his first touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that would have been nice, wouldn't it? He's really big. <laughs> Like yeah. when you like that was my main takeaway about him coming on for those minutes was you just like looking at the pitch and looking at all the players. He just his physical presence is quite something. Yeah, agreed. Well, let's let's hope that, that there's a player in there too. Um, we it might well be that that's the sort of player that you want as a as a fourth choice centre half. In that, you know, I'm not sure how close to the exit door Welsh is, but he has been linked away 
I could see that happening in, in this window. And then if the Jens deal's not going to continue, or also, I mean, from his perspective, you wouldn't really want to stay his fourth choice. But having Bozen Lowell and being able to give him minutes here and there and maybe have him develop with the first team squad, maybe you want him out on loan, but maybe you want him as an option because you've seen how quickly you can end up with your fourth choice centre-half. It's happened to us plenty of times, so mm-hmm. good it's- on him. Nice to see him integrating into the squad like that as well. Yeah. And obviously, like in the first half, there was the bit where the camera was on when, not the first half, when Koga came off and he went onto the bench and he was like chatting. It was like, yeah. And they were kind of having a bit of something like Kyogo was mucking laughing about. and mucking about. And it's just nice to see that stuff. I love it. Yeah, agreed. Um, well, we run out 5 0 winners. Uh, I'm dead happy with this result. Good, happy with the performance. Some real standout performances today. Uh, let's do man of the match and well, let's just do, do one point takeaway. Uh, Claire, come to you first. Player of the match. Aaron Moy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think he did such a lot. He obviously scored two goals. Um, I think that without him playing, I just think he was integral to us staying composed, staying calm and being able to like rack up the goals today. Yeah, great. Uh, uh, I'll come back to you for your takeaway. Uh, Stuart, let's do let's do the ABBA thing, A-B-B-A. So Stuart, I want your player of the match and your one point takeaway. So uh, player of the match, Joe Cancer, F.A. Ambrose, uh, <laughs> real, real answer, Aaron Moy. Um, yeah, there was. I, I thought there was a lot of standout performances. I think we've kind of covered them. I thought Kyogo was fantastic. I thought Abada was fantastic. But I think that over the 90 minutes, Aaron Moy was just brilliant, has been. I think I've sort of put my flag deep enough in the sand that I've, I've made my point on it. So, yeah, fantastic. Good to see him continue well. And I suppose my one-point takeaway would be uh, more of a macro point than, than necessarily about the game, that what Ange said about, you know, fans are going to have to accept it, players that they like and that their heroes are going to move on, etc., is true. And that it's sad that Juranovic is going to go and it's sad that Gigi is probably going to go. But I feel really positive that there are sort of new characters and new heroes that are coming through and that are clearly going to contribute. And it's not like you're going to look back and go, oh, fucking Juranovic, who? Like, he's a fantastic player. He's He's been a big part of that team, big part of the transition. He should go with a kind of graces but it's exciting to see Kobayashi it's exciting to see Iwata it's exciting to see Johnson start to develop and so yeah the the, the, the show must go on Paul nice yeah as in the business in the business of the <laughs> uh, clear uh, I, one I point love takeaway. first of all I love Stuart's takeaway that's a good one yeah, that's good. Um, I think mine would probably be if I'm going to be more specific I think that back line, I know we sort of talked about the brief moments of shaky defence and some of the rotation. When CCV comes back, what is Ange going to do? It's more of a question than a takeaway. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of the big question. I'm a huge CCV fan. I like Starfelt and I'm also really in on <laughs> this new guy. So I'm a bit like, how's this all going to play out? And I'm, I'm intrigued to see how that happens. And the other thing is that if you'd asked me at some point during my Celtic supporting career, if you'd said that I would be saying, please come back, Greg Taylor, are you okay? <laughs> I yeah. wouldn't have believed you, but I am very much there. <laughs> uh, absolutely. It's a, uh, yeah, come back all is forgiven. Um, okay. Uh, brilliant reaction. Enjoyed that. Uh, Celtic five, Morton nil. Um, 
Good luck, St. Johnson, this afternoon. Do do what you do best, smashing Rangers in Perth. Uh, I've enjoyed this a great deal. Many thanks, Claire Wilde. Thank you very much for having me, Paul. Many thanks, Stuart Dugan. Thanks to you both. And may I be the first to wish Claire a very happy birthday as well um, <laughs> for next year. I appreciate <laughs> that, too. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, okay, from Claire Wilde, from Stuart Dugan, and from me, Paul Carlin, this has been The Reaction, and we'll speak to you down the road.